Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm super excited that you took the time out of your day to be able to listen to this amazing episode. Before I get into the episode, I really want to highlight the presenting sponsor, which is Optimum Nutrition Athletics. And we all know that protein is the key to muscle and recovery. And best-selling gold standard 100% whey protein provides 24 grams of protein that makes it easily using just a glass and spoon. Gold standard 100% whey is made in their state-of-the-art facility. It's banned substance tested by Informed Choice. And with Optimum Nutrition Athletics Program, you can get different products such as their Pro Gainer, which is their Mass Gainer, protein snacks such as their Crisp Bars, Wafers, Cake Bites, and Almonds. And oh my goodness, are those Cake Bites, are those Almonds, are those Crisp those Wafers so good, guys. Absolutely wonderful. The S'mores, the Vanilla Marshmallow Crisps, so good. The Wafer, the Mocha one, I mean, it's incredible. Very, very good. Good, high-quality protein as well. And after dominating the sports and nutrition industry for over 30 years, newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings that same trust and quality that knows how to put convenient options for protein in the hands of athletes who desire to become bigger, stronger, and better at their sport. If you want to get this into your facility for your athletes, I highly suggest you reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics. It's down in the show notes, guys. Click on there. He's got his email. It directly can reach out to him. Boom. You can get Optimum Nutrition Athletics products into your facility. It's a no-brainer, guys. They're the gold standard. They're the best. The protein snacks are incredible. Grab and go. Easy. We're all talking about getting protein for our athletes and for our clients and for everybody. Boom. They've got what you need. They've got everything. And guess what? They're going to work with you. They're going to find something to help you in your facility. I love them. I love, I use their products every single day. There's not a day that I don't use one of their products. Very thankful to have them be our presenting sponsor of the podcast. Again, how can you get into your facility? Reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics. That's the way, guys. It's really easy. Email him. It's down in the show notes. All right. I'm not going to take too much more of your time. I'm very thankful that you wanted to listen to this episode. Make sure you rate Review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, I don't know. Maybe it's on YouTube, wherever. Wherever you get get it and listen to it, make sure you review it. Share it with other people. Share it with other coaches. If you liked an episode, let us know. Guess what? We're on social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm everywhere. Just reach out to me. Uh, let me know what kind of guests you want on here. This week, it's really interesting. We have a Division three strength coach in a high school. I'm going to let them introduce themselves here early in the episode. But it's awesome, guys. I really like it. It's not really a debate at all. It's just more of like, let's have a conversation as people. Uh, So it's really good. I'm really excited if you guys listen to it. Isn't it crazy? It's March 1st. That is nuts. This year is flying by. I hope everybody's having a great 2021. I know I am uh, every single day. We're just getting a little bit better, guys. And even on the days where, uh, you know, things aren't going as great, we find the, the, the... the happiness in them, and we find the positivity of it, guys. So, again, won't ramble on too much longer here. Uh, thankful for everybody that helps support the podcast. Thank you to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics. So thankful to have them be our sponsor of the podcast. Uh, just very grateful uh, to have that relationship with Dave. Again, show notes, Dave Harvey, Optimum Nutrition Athletics, they're the gold standard. It's easy. Just go get them. And everybody, stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop Podcast. Super excited to have two wonderful gentlemen here on the episode this week. Uh, Joe, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Joe Eichley. I'm a football strength and conditioning coach at Iowa Wesleyan University, and then I also coach uh, wide receivers. Um, yep. 
Perfect. Andrew? Hey, Andrew Pichardo. I'm the head strength and conditioning coach at Tyler Legacy High School uh, out in East Texas. So as you can see, we've got two awesome guests. We've got a man at a D3 school. And we got a man down in Texas, the great state of Texas, work with high school athletes. So we got two wonderful guys. Joe, I know we talked before. You worked with some athletes in the high school ring down in Florida and stuff like that. But being as you both, you know, work with athletes on the day-to-day basis, you know, how do you get that buy-in from the athletes? How do you build the culture that you guys want, you know, both being at the high school level and then the, uh, the collegiate level as well? Um, for me, my biggest thing, I, I teach the weight room like a classroom. Um, so at the beginning of every single lift, you know, I demonstrate everything that we're going to do that day. So I think a lot of that, and I got two really good assistants that helped me out in there too. So I got the ability where I can actually jump in and do an actual workout with our guys. So I think, you know, not only me demonstrating what we're doing that day to the guys and then actually me doing the workout. Um, you know, I preach to my guys, I don't program it unless I've done it before or have done it. So I think that goes a long way with my guys. You know, the biggest thing for me when I was in high school, um, I remember a, a cross country coach, coach at my high school was about a 400 pound man. Um, so I always thought that'd be very interesting running cross country for somebody who's sitting in the bleachers drinking Diet Coke. So I always make sure that, you know, I'm not going to tell my guys to do anything I haven't done before or I'm not willing to do. That's great, man. I couldn't agree more with that too as well, especially getting in there actually working out with them, man. Shoot, they see coach pushing weight. They know they got to start picking it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm getting up there in age, so I don't know how much longer I can keep up with it, but, you know, they keep me young in there for sure. And, Andrew, I know personally I follow you on social media. I know that you lift some uh, pretty good Olympic weight too as well, so your athlete's got a lot to look at too as well with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've, 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 I've done some stuff in there, you know, either as they're coming in or um, getting ready as, as they're walking through and can see through the windows of the weight room and stuff. So they do see me um, – putting in the stuff, the work there. And then I actually, the gym I train at, one of our athletes goes there. So I kind of see him outside of school in a different setting. And I think that definitely helps my buy-in with him. And then he can act as kind of a leader in the weight room uh, with the track team. And because he knows what, I, what I'm, he knows that I know my stuff. Um, so that helps with, you know, certain teams. Um, but then, yeah, just trying to talk to the kids and, you know, talk about things that are not strength and conditioning and ask them how their day is and make it a place that they want to be to get that buy-in. Um, Cause at, at our level, they're not, you know, there's very few of them that are going to play at the next level. Um, so I'm just trying to, some of them, I'm just trying to teach them, you know, basic stuff so that they can, you know, be fit and healthy for life. Um, so doing that and, and, you know, not, not being that person that's in there screaming at them, making them dread the weight room. Uh, that's yeah. definitely helped me get their, their buy-in for what, what I need to do with them. Yeah, I find that to be kind of interesting that you guys both talked about how you have the conversation with the athletes. That's so important to have conversation with the athletes. How many times have you guys been around a coach before when they blow the whistle and it's just from the get-go, they're just bringing the juice, screaming and yelling. They didn't even ask you like, hey man, how's classes going? Like, how's home life and stuff like that? I think that's the most important thing is just to have the conversation because I'm sure both of you guys have found too, like, it kind of helps to what you're going to program around too, as well. Of like, Hey, maybe we need to like change the workout up from the day. Would you guys kind of agree with that? hundred percent. One of the biggest thing I ask my guys is again, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling? You know, I yeah. physically, mentally, everything, just simple question, how you're feeling. And that really can take you a long way into your program, you know, either way you go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and it's tough sometimes with high school kids. Cause they don't, 
they don't fully know their body yet or you ask them how they're feeling they say good or you know whatever and then you try to get more information to see like are you just saying that as like a saying what you think I want to hear or you know how are you actually feeling but uh, there's been a couple times this year where you know I ask people and they come in the weight room how you feeling and they're all oh I'm sore I'm tired the whole team's like that then yeah we might just go off script and we we, we did a yoga day one day because I'm like they're already beat in the ground they're in season and there's you know we can lift and you know probably going to do more harm than good at this point so um, it definitely allows you to you know do something different in there and I think that gets their buy-in too because then they see that you're responsive to how they're actually feeling and they're not like oh you're sore okay well we're gonna we're gonna do heavy squats anyways um that definitely helps yeah that's for sure because i mean like you said if you got heavy squats on there and they're coming in mopey uh they can't even get through their foam rolling session it's like well maybe we probably should not be doing max effort squats that day maybe we need to have that yoga day or change things Mm -hmm. up you know what i mean and i think as uh would you guys say as coaches the biggest thing is just being flexible flexible with how you train your athletes and and flexible how you communicate with them and 100 percent on that um for us and really this this whole situation with the covid stuff is just right crazy into that stuff too so we had you know our winter break was thanksgiving until like valentine so they were like three months of off doing nothing and then we got to come back and we're playing a spring season three game spring season march 6th so they came back February. It's time to get rolling. It's time to get going for sure. How, yeah. how, did, how did you guys both, uh, like, are you guys preparing? Cause Andrew, I know you went through it too as well. Like preparing the athletes for their seasons through this like crazy COVID era. Well, we ended up, um, I mean, we were open back up in the summer with all our seasons played out in normal, normal time they were I think some of the fall sports were pushed back like a week or two but for the most part everyone was on track with everything um so the biggest thing you know our we had a summer a summer program which you know it's a bit more voluntary than maybe at the college level um so athletes that came in there you know a lot of them hadn't done anything because we got out for spring break last year so right around this time then we didn't start back up till mid-June so I was posting stuff you know online for kids to do I don't know uh, how much buy-in we really had with that. But then when they came back to the summer, we just, I, we started really slow back with everything. Um, isometric hold and, you know, lightweight and me just trying to reiterate to them that like, you're not going to get all your strength and all your, every, all your levels back in two weeks. Like we're going to slowly progress into this. Cause if we just go from doing nothing for four months to going hard for, you know, three weeks, you're going to like, you're just going to get beat down. So, um, we started slow with everything. And I mean, the, the athletes were on board. They understood, you know, what we needed to do and they were good about that. Um, but so it didn't, it didn't really affect us too much in that sense. We had uh, a couple injuries that I think were due, you know, to not doing much for a long time. Um, but, you know, you're going to have those anyway, so you can't fully prevent them. So we just, we just did the best we could and progressed slowly and tried to, you know, get them in the mindset that they were going to progress slowly back into it instead of, you know, picking back up right where they left off. And then for us, so if we go all the way back to this thing in the beginning, our guys went home for spring break and then never came back. So we never really got a spring ball or anything. So our guys um, during the spring semester with all that, we were actually doing body weight Zoom workouts once a week. 
um, with all our guys on there. So we had a hundred guys on at zoom every Friday doing a body weight work, which is just trying to build that team chemistry as much as we could, obviously not even being on, on campus. I wasn't even allowed to be at work. So we kind of did that and then went into our summer program, which of course I worked and programmed through. And then our guys came back in the fall, fall season was canceled, but what we did, we got a month and a half worth of practice in and then, you know, our guys got three months worth in the weight room. Um, you know, I had freshmen gaining 15 to 20 pounds and not even playing a game yet. Um, so I think we really got ahead of the game in the weight room on stuff. We were able to slow things down. You know, in the fall, we weren't prepping for a game on Saturday. We were just prepping for practice. So we were able to slow some things down, teach what we do in the weight room. So I think from that aspect, we got a lot of good out of it. But then that huge three-month break that now we're at the end of here, and now you got to get ready and go play. And my whole idea is we had two weeks to come back. We have a full month before our first game. Two weeks comeback was just workouts, four days a week, no practice. So my ideas program is these guys have been sitting around. We got to get them ready to practice, not even ready for a game, ready to practice. So right. all that soft tissue stuff, change of direction stuff, working on conditioning hamstrings. Um, and then it's also, you know, zero degrees out too. So getting our guys ready for practice and things like that. And now we're kind of transitioned. Now we're, we're practicing and lift too. So now we're really kicking it up, getting ready getting our guys game ready man you guys are going through the ringer over there in ohio oh, man. man yeah it, it's been a wild ride for sure um but i think our university definitely responded to it we were still still able to practice still able to get weight room time in and we we had to split up into 25 25 guys per lifting group so it's a little bit longer days for me but it, it, it made it worth it for sure how do you both this is a question i'd like to ask coaches how do you guys both maximize your time in the weight room Obviously, being at the Division three level, you have a restriction. And then, Andrew, being at the high school level, I know you have block hour times usually and stuff like that. So you got to get as much work done or the least amount of work done that you can in that little bit of time frame. How do you guys work within those time constraints? Yeah, this year for me, it's been a, a little bit easier, actually, because – so last year we were on a, on a schedule where it was uh, the same eight periods every day. They are like 47 minutes. Oh, geez. So, yeah. So, so when you count for, you know, them getting in late from changing and them having to leave early for changing, you get about 35 minutes with them. And, you know, I have what I have on paper and, and in theory, it should, we should get through everything. So, um, and if you're on task, you will get through everything, but it's just, you know, staying on them to keep moving, move with the sense of urgency, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I, and I didn't like it that much because I've, you know, if a group finished on time, I know it was possible. So I'm like, okay, so it's not the, it's not that my program is not right. So then if a group was behind, I'm, you know, I felt, I felt like I spent a lot of time just rushing kids through stuff or like making sure they got everything in instead of, you know, focusing on what they're doing and doing it with quality. Um, this year we're on a block schedule. Uh, so the, the class periods are longer or they're double blocked with another class like health or something. So we don't have that, you know, time where okay you have to be done by here because the bell's gonna ring it's more like right. you know finish a workout and then with whatever time we have left we'll do our practice or we'll go do health and stuff like that so that's been easier for me this year because I haven't really added a whole lot in the program I want to keep it a similar uh, length in terms of how much work they're getting in and stuff but it's just allowed me to be more relaxed with them it's allowed them to relax and I mean, they're still coming in and getting their work done, but it's not like, hurry, 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 we have to go. If you don't get done, like, you're messing around. It's a lot more relaxed, and it 
it helps me coach because I can focus more on like the quality of everything instead of exactly. just flying through everything. Yeah. Um, for us, you know, we kind of pepper our lifting times in between guys' class schedules throughout the day. And we're pretty much an hour between. And, and we're a really high academic school here as well yeah. as a high athletic school. So a lot of our guys are doing, you know, we had one guy do an internship on Wall Street. So there's some guys doing some crazy stuff that definitely want to work around that academic piece. But our biggest thing in the weight room is, I have a really great coaching staff around me. Um, all the other football coaches are, they show face down there. It's not like weight room time. It's only coach Ikeley down there. I, I have two, um, two GAs that work with me, um, do just weight room stuff. And then all the other position coach are in and out throughout the lifts. Um, and then kind of the breakdown of how I structure all of our lifts. You know, I have that instruction block in the beginning. Hey, this is what we're doing it. We're doing it in this order go and so all our guys know exactly what they're doing as soon as they walk in the door all the way till when they leave so when when, once we hit the the go button and start going you know we're just rolling and between my two assistants and all the other assistant coaches coming in and pushing guys through it really helps us you know roll through yeah you guys just both said something that that was kind of interesting is that you try to keep it as simple as you possibly can do you think coaches sometimes overthink what they're doing inside the weight room and it's like hey if we did things a little more simple Life would be a lot easier for myself and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that. I mean, I think that a lot of times coaches, they have these elaborate, beautiful, structured out programs. I'm like, that looks nice, but how's it going to flow in there? Exactly. Like, is it going to work? What kind of equipment do you have? Do you even understand like how like, so I think that's important too is like, just keep it simple. I, I think, coach, do you guys think coaches really kind of overanalyze that big time, kind of dive a little bit into it? Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, you know, coaches, I don't know if they think their athletes are more advanced than they are or what, but they think, you know, I'm working with a high-level athlete or, or something, so I've got to be doing, you know, different stuff because this stimulus isn't going to work for them anymore. Where in reality, like, a lot of them aren't that highly trained. They can benefit from the simple stuff if you just do it right. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I see both sides of it because I do think like having different movements and movement variability and, you know, different progressions will help keep them engaged and stuff. But I, um, yeah, for the most part, I think if you're, if you're overcomplicating things, um, you're not focusing on the simple things that you, be, that you need to. I think you can have simple things and still provide variety and, and the stimulus you need since most, most athletes that most people work with are not high level where you're trying to, you know, you need to change it up because they're not responding anymore. It's more just like, we're changing it up because we already did this. It's like, well, yeah, but if you keep doing that for three years and like, they're still keep getting better. So why change it? Exactly. For us, I think you gotta, you gotta prioritize, you know, what's important to you, what's your end goal. Biggest thing I always tell our guys in here, you know, we're, I'm a football strength coach. We're training to win football games. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not training for a weightlifting competition. I don't care what you can do one rep, to be honest. You know, I want you to be healthy, explosive, and fast, and that to be able to transition to the football field. So I think, you know, prioritize what's your important movements to you and your program and kind of, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes guys get stuck on the Instagram or the Twitter too much and too much of that special, you know, all that crazy stuff coming in, you know, you really got to prioritize what you, you know, what's your end goal? What do you want to accomplish and kind of structure your structure, your program from there? Yeah. Uh, on my last episode, I had, I had Matt Rhodes on, he's a good friend of, of Jim Wendler's and he talked about, 
how they had in Jim's first year, they had with the high school he worked with, they had nine exercises that they worked with for an entire year. And I think they got up to like maybe 12 and like a few years later, it's like, you should be able to build off a small little base of what you as a coach believe in and coach the living crap out of it. And the kids are going to get the results out of it. That's my personal opinion. I think you both would probably agree with that. Yes. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. And it's all about the intent behind things. I think coaches sometimes are a little passive in what they want to do. If you can get the kids to have great intent, I mean, you'll see maximal results in what they're doing in the weight room and, and into the sport. And I love what you said, Joe, it's like, you're not there to make them uh, you know, power lifters or weightlifters. They're there to be football players, but they're to be volleyball players. They're to be baseball players, stuff like that. Better yeah. at their sport. Great example is I, I got a guy that actually does some Olympic weightlifting competing in the off season and stuff like that. And I'm constantly pulling the ball. I'm pulling weight off his bar. Like, Hey dude, this is not what we're doing right now. All right. We're getting ready to play a football game. I want you to be able to clean. I want you to go to be able to do three shrugs after that. I want you to be able to do three kettlebell swings after that come back for the next set you know we're not we're not training for that one rep max right now absolutely now do you guys both do you guys keep any uh you know kpis and what you do so some any of those at all so like sometimes you know obviously we know sports coaches love to see the numbers and stuff like that i mean that's a big thing you'll see some of those uh what are they called like boards full of like records and whatever and stuff like that. But do you guys find it to be important to do, to keep those KPIs? I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people will keep that vertical jump sometimes for like a readiness or something like that. Do you guys kind of look into doing stuff like that at all? We, uh, we, we, right now, all, all we test is vertical jump and that's cause I have two just jump mats and I, I, I haven't spent a lot of time um, doing other things, but I do, you know, think they're important especially especially for kids that you know if their vertical jump's not improving and that's the only thing you're measuring then you know I can still see them getting better their movements are getting better their their weight's going up but their confidence might not be so high when you know you work hard for four weeks and your vertical jump doesn't go up because of you know you what you ate for breakfast that morning versus another morning so if that's all you're all you're testing you know it can it can be hard um to get them engaged in the training process. Cause they're like, Oh, this is, you know, this isn't going up. Why am I, you know, doing this where it's not, you know, that's not what you're training for. You're training for your sport, but sometimes you can't always uh, measure that objectively either. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking at adding some KPIs and getting some speed gates and doing some speed stuff um, and just building a, a, a better system around tracking different things. Um, the guy, Richard Burnett is a high school strength coach and he, He's got a 14 KPIs that he, you know, tests and um, has a report card set up for the kids at, when they test and show them where they're at and stuff. So I think stuff like that is cool because it, it just gives them a better insight into all the different variables in training or all the different, you know, components that they can actually improve versus, you know, on the bar. Yeah, we can see that the weight on the bar is going up every week uh, and, you know jump you can you can get some stuff from that but like even with the just jump mats where i'm going to start doing the four jump uh the four jump test with that and just saying okay well we have this reactive strength and then we have this you know one-off counter movement jump so you know let's further break this this system down so we can see maybe if you're not improving here but you're improving here you know this is more specific to your sport so that's better anyways so i, I do think it's important um as long as you don't get too lost in 
everything where you're you're training for those KPIs and you're not, you know, like Joe said, you know, training for your sport actually. And then for us, honestly, the only thing I really track, front squat and clean. All right, our, our target weights for those guys are 300 clean, 400 front squat. We call it like the 700. You know, we want the guys in the 700. The more guys I feel like are in that 700 range total for those two lifts, I feel like the better football team will have. But at the end of the day, our guys know that's not the end-all, be-all. Um, you know, we only have a handful of guys, 300 cleaners, but the majority of our guys, you know, can comfortably clean over 200 pounds, which I think goes a long way um, at our level. But, you know, there's really not much else I track other than that. We very hardly ever do one rep max. Um, we did at the end of our fall cycle just with the COVID stuff and how it was going. We weren't competing on the field. So that kind of – I set it up like a competition day to give our – guys something to compete compete for with the off season um but really man that's front squat and power cleans about all i test and that's very rarely usually at the end of a heavy you know winter winter block to get our numbers to work off our percentages for our for our next program andrew i really like what you talked about there a little bit on how when you keep when you keep those kpis um and then joe you kind of said it too it allows them to have something to kind of compete for. So like, if I know that my incline bench went up, maybe my bench press didn't get up, but I got stronger. You know what I mean? So the kid can objectively see, like I got stronger over that eight weeks or I got faster or whatever that is. Right. And yeah, it might not directly correlate to the field exactly as far as like wins and losses and stuff like that. But objectively in your time in the weight room, you got better. And I think sometimes as coaches, if you can show that a little bit, that kind of goes back to the first thing we talked about, a little bit of the buy-in. So I really like that you talked about that as well. It's like it keeps them motivated and keeps them going because, as you know, sometimes – I mean, they want to play their sport. They don't want to sometimes lift all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and especially at the high school level, like, you know, you're dealing with a lot of kids that aren't – even the best at their sport, you know, they, 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 they might not ever have a chance at playing on varsity or they might be on varsity, but never play. So, you know, to keep them motivated and training for something, knowing they're not going to get in a lot of times, it's not a secret that they're, you know, not going to get in much. Um, you know, if they can latch onto the weight room and still, you know, work hard in there and, and be a good teammate in there and stuff like that. And, you know, find a way to push themselves because because their sport, you know, even though they love playing their sport, when it comes down to, is this getting you better for your sport? And then they're like, well, coach, I don't even play. Then it's like, oh, shoot. Okay, well, um, how can we make sure that you don't feel like you're wasting your time in here? Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think it helps, if anything, yeah, with, with, with younger kids to give them something to keep training for, you know, especially if they're not on that top team or they're, they're not playing much for the team they're on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to ask a little bit too, as well, is it's you you both have worked with high school athletes. Obviously, Andrew, you're working with them right now. Joe, you worked for a long time down in Florida. What were some what are some of the things that you kind of find as like those key foundational pieces for for those high school athletes to get them ready, whether they are going on to play college athletics or whether they are not, they're just gonna, you know, they're gonna enter the workforce and stuff like that. What have you kind of found to be the foundations in what you guys do with the high school kids? Don't all go at once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to teach them some, some, some basic, you know, resistance training competency, like, you know, squat, lunge, hinge, push, pull, you know, real basic stuff that, 
yeah, if, if they do go play college sports, then they might, you know, expand on that stuff and get more technical with it or, um, you know, more sports specific or something. But for those kids that aren't, aren't going to do anything after high school, can they go into LA fitness and uh, not have to spend a hundred bucks a month or a week or a session on a, on a trainer to, to teach them how to goblet squat or do a tricep rope push down or something. So a lot of, a lot of times, like that's my goal for most of the kids in the program. Cause like I train 400 kids. I might have 10 go play at the next level. And that's, you know, so they'll be prepared for whatever they're going to do in, in college for the most part. And then can I get all the other kids to, you know, not hate working out so that they can actually be a healthy, productive member in society? Um, for me at the high school level teaching guys, and it doesn't, in my mind, doesn't matter what your program and what it is. Um, I have a big saying every time I start a training session, even practice too, I'll, I'll tell our guys, punch the clock. It's time to clock in. You're yeah. on the clock. We're working here. So I think teaching high school kids that like, hey, it's not a stand around time. It's not a joke time in here. We're coming into work. You know, you, you're punched in. You're on the clock. You do your work. You punch out. You're out of here. Um, so I think getting that work mentality. And then I think it starts with me as well. So in there with high school kids, you know, I'm not just sitting over on a chair yelling things out. You know, I'm not, I'm moving around doing work just so those guys know that, you know, this is a work time. You're on the clock. We're, we're clocked in. We're working. And I think that goes a long way with guys that want to go play college ball or go to the college level. They have that work, um, that work ethic. And then people that just enter the workforce after high school, they have that work ethic built in as well. So, Joe, you mean to tell me you weren't sitting over there in a chair drinking Diet Cokes at all? No, then? I was not. No, not a Diet Coke. <laughs> and Andrew, Andrew, I'm assuming you're not doing that either. No, I'm just – so – no, you guys both made some killer points there too, as well. And I think that's super. We see it right now through through COVID. Unfortunately, you know, with everything that's going on, we see how important it is to be healthy, to have a healthy lifestyle, uh, to get out and move and stuff like that. So I couldn't agree with you both more about that, especially the the work ethic thing. You know, we want to have people that work hard at their job and stuff like that. If you can teach people to work, man, life is going to be so much easier. Instead of, you know, you get those people that are passive. Ah, I don't feel like I'm going to go into work today. Who's going to do your job for you? Well, back in high school, you know, I kind of got away with stuff like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen in the real world. Real world, you get knocked down. And that's why I think the weight room can kind of show those great lessons. I know you both are really teaching. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. that's another great thing the weight room teaches. You know, it's um, some, day, some days you eat the bar, some day the bar eats you. You know, you're not going to come in and PR every single day. You're not going to have your top lift. So teaching those guys to take those lumps. Sometimes you're going to fail and come back and attack it again the next day. Andrew, I know that you, you know, you do your weightlifting as well. How many times are you excited to go into the weight room every single time? I, I, I mean, I power lift for myself. I, I, I got to go bench later today. I'm yeah. not exactly the most, I'm not exactly the most thrilled to go bench later today. You know what I mean? So, and I love lifting. I love lifting with all my heart, but some days you're just like, man, and ain't it. So imagine that that is like a high school kid or a college kid. It's like, they really don't want to. So you really got to show them the value and what the weight room is. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I struggle with that too. Uh, there for a while when I was training by myself and I didn't have a program and I didn't, you know, I was not, it wasn't a great period of training for me personally. And uh, so now like coming back, moving back to Texas, cause I was in New Zealand for a while and I, yeah, I was training by myself and it, it was difficult. Um, so now like joining this gym, 
weightlifting gym, got into weightlifting and it's something new for me. And it's, and it's fun because it's, it's a new challenge because I was a power lifter as well. Uh, so having something that I'm always working on is, you know, keeps me going. And then just having the environment around me with other people, you know, working towards the same goal, uh, has helped my training. So I feel like I try to instill that in the weight room with the kids too. Um, not necessarily competing with each other for numbers, but having an environment where people are pushing each other, everyone's, you know, working towards the same goal. Um, you're having this growth mindset where you're always yep. trying to improve, even if it's, I try to tell kids, cause like sometimes they get like, they don't shut down, but they, they you know, they get like anxious about me coaching them. I'm like, this is my job. Like, even if you're doing it really good, I'm going to try to, you know, get the, the next, I'm going to work on the next technique thing now. And, you know, if I'm not coaching you, then, then there's a problem. Cause then it's like, I've given up on you. Um, so I, I try to, you know, get them just open to taking feedback and criticism. Cause some people you can just see, like, they can't, they can't handle someone helping trying, I'm just trying to help them out, but they don't see it that way. They're like threatened by it. And I'm like, when you go, to you know out in the workforce again it's a lot of times you're relating things back to regular life it's like you have to be able to you know be on time do the right thing listen to what your boss says and yep. try to improve upon it otherwise like i'm just gonna help you and be like oh like you know we'll get it next time but if you go to work and you don't listen to your boss you're gonna get fired you're, you're not gonna have a job <laughs> so like a lot of times it's it's just those little lessons that you're trying to to get them to understand um through the weight room and it works definitely works better with some kids than others, but um, that that always helps you, you know, relate stuff back to being actionable out in the real world because you can always just, you know, bring it back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Jim Wendler had a nice article come out here recently. I'm bringing him up now a second time, but he had a really good article though where he talked about how his own training. He noticed when his training was going the way it should be, his athletes' training was going the way that it should be. And the fact of like, if you as a coach are not taking care of yourself, that's why I love that you talked about that, Andrew, how you got the goal sitting with that. And then Joe, shoot, you're out there getting after with the guys there in the way. They already know what's going on. So there's a, but I think there is a correlation to that. If you're training yourself, and I'm not saying you have to train for power to me, bodybuilding, whatever, but if you are actively trying to better yourself, that's going to seep into your own program. And the kids are going to see the benefits of that, in my opinion. So and Joe's in the forefront. So he knows, he already knows what's going on. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and again, for me, if I know, Hey, if my lower back's tight or my hamstrings are killing me, I may, I probably need to back something off my program. I'm doing something wrong. And again, that other piece where hey, our guys, my guys see me in there. They know when this comes to the weight room time, it's, it's not a joke time. It's time to go to work. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that, man. I mean, you guys made some great points there. Well, as we wind down here, um, I want to go ahead and plug all your guys' social medias and everything like that. If people want to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you and everything like that? Uh, Coach Eichley, uh, I'm on Twitter at Coach Eichley. Um, and then if you just pull up the High Wesleyan University site, uh, my email's on there too. It's just jweichley uh, at ouu.edu. Yeah, guys, reach out to me. Any questions, anything. Yep. I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, those are probably the, the best, the best ways to get at me. You know, they got my link tree in there with some of my other research and stuff, uh, some presentations I've done. So just finding my name on there, Andrew Petrardo six on Twitter and Andrew.Petrardo on Instagram. Let me just say for all the listeners out there, these are two wonderful people that I've followed for a really long time. Andrew, I love your talks of, uh, of uh, stocks 
and uh, oh yeah, and index fund stuff. Hey, I'm 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 a big guy into all that stuff too as well. And then Joe, just with, I love the coaching, like the guy that is coaching a position group and then running strength and conditioning. To me, that is like one of the the hardest jobs out there, man. And you are, what I see online, man, is awesome. So I hope the listeners can can reach out to you and see that, man. So I both very appreciative of both of you guys being on here because you guys are two dudes I follow for a long time. Sure, man. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, make sure you uh, stay strong. Look at that. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Well, that an awesome episode. So thank you so much for our sponsor, Optimum Nutrition Athletics. Make sure you guys reach out to Dave Harvey of Optimum Nutrition Athletics on how you can get that into your facility. Again, his information is down in the show notes. Thank you to our guests this week. Thank you to everybody that supports the podcast. Make sure you give it that five stars on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast at. And everybody, stay strong.